It's a Bible Rundown with Pastor David and Pastor Rob. It is day 25, Exodus 12 through 13, and Matthew 16. It is a power-packed day. David, why don't you take it away, brother? I will, and I'm going to set you up to talk about the Passover because this is, this is the summation of what the Exodus was all about. A sacrifice that spares the life of an individual from the destroyer, right? Mm. Um, There's so much in here that points forward to Christ who was the Passover lamb sacrificed for us. But before we get ahead of ourselves, Rob, we're given this picture. God says he is going to pass through the land of Egypt. Every firstborn, regardless of their social status, regardless of their beginning, um, he will take for his own, except... For those that are in these households covered with the blood of an unblemished lamb that's put on the doorpost and the the lintel, right? The overhead of the door. Mm -hmm. And God passes over those houses and spares them from his judgment. Mm. Um, it's, It's a sobering picture for one, right? We talk a lot about the judgment of God and we see the wrath of God poured out against Egypt. And it is not a pretty picture. It's, it's very humbling, actually, to think this is the God we worship, one that is seeing so much destruction and so much death. But, you know, we were talking about it before we started. We both have this author that we appreciate his work. James Hamilton um, writes a lot about the Old Testament and talking about the city of God's salvation through judgment. But he uses this beautiful illustration where if you think of God's judgment and God's grace in contrast to one another, in the same way that we think about a diamond against a black cloth, mm. you really don't see the imperfections of a less than quality diamond if it's not held against something dark. At the same time, if it is perfect and it is beautiful, when it's held up against that dark background, its significance is drawn out in contrast to what it's held against, right? And I think for us, that are followers of Jesus, we understand the grace of God held against his judgment is so valuable, and we understand even more fully God's grace for what it truly is. But what do you see? David, I see a picture of the gospel where Christ is in the center focus here as the blood of the lamb is covering over the doorpost representing the family of the household of God in which in which the the judgment the judge is passing over the angel of death is passing over God's household his church his people and so all of these pictures are in play right God is the judge God is the one who who destroys the earth during the days of Noah now God is the one who is showing his judgment upon the Egyptians and the Israelites who do not have the lamb's blood God's provision for salvation. Mm, mm, and so when we think of these things, we have to understand that it's picturing to us this great gospel, the depth and nature and character of God himself. Amen. And there's this other piece that jumped out to me, Rob. Um, going down to chapter 12, verse 40, it, it points out that the Israelites were in Egypt for 430 years. And there's this idea of not only by command of the Lord taking the Passover in haste, but the way that they exit Egypt 
is so abrupt, right? Mm-hmm. Just literally in one night, they are packing up, they plunder the Egyptians, and they're sent on their way. And I can't help but remind myself, you know, as we were teaching through the Old Testament last year, almost 500 plus years from Malachi's prophecy that a messenger would come and that that message would be John the Baptist pointing people to Christ and Christ comes and people miss the sign. We are told not to miss the day of the Lord and his return. So there, this idea of being ready to be hastily taken back with the Lord, it reminds me, don't be caught flat-footed, right? We need to be preparing ourselves for the return of the Lord. Are we living lives that are worthy of what he's redeemed and what he's purchased? Yeah, so much so much in this that was really really great to wait upon the Lord, but so much so much in these in these texts here, we have the consecration of the firstborn. Whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and beast is mine. That's first one of chapter 13. And we have this understanding that every firstborn child of Israel, we are to be reminded of what God did in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're supposed to take a lamb and sacrifice that lamb in the place of their child. We also have the pillar of fire leading the is Israelites out of Egypt. The pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day mm-hmm. is leading God's people out of Egypt. This is beautiful. It leads them out of their sin, out of their idolatry, and God himself is the one who will lead them uh, as we are led by the Holy Spirit out of our life of sin, our old ways, our bondage to sin, our slavery to that, and into a new life, David. This is how God will lead his people. Yeah. In Matthew 16, our New Testament passage today, as I was reading it, Rob, I just see a lot jumping out here about not only Jesus's power over death, but that the church will be something that eternally lives with him. So he opens chapter 16, speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees and says, hey, there's not going to be any sign given to you except for the sign of Jonah, which we know is going to point to just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, three nights. So the son of man will be in the grave or the tomb three days and three nights. He moves down and after Simon's confession that he is the Messiah, he tells him he's going to die. That is his mission. Peter pulls him aside, rebukes him. Jesus says, you're not speaking the things of of God. You're speaking of man, speaking the things of Satan, trying to keep me from my mission, which is to be the Passover lamb for you. And it closes with this beautiful picture. Whoever loses his life will save it. And so again, do we lose anything in this life that is really worth losing? Jesus reminds us, no, don't be afraid of death. The church is actually marked by being people of the resurrection, saved by the Passover lamb. Yeah, this is one of the most important passages of all of Scripture in chapter 16, where Jesus says, I will build my church. It's, it's Jesus building his church. And the gates of hell, which gates are stationary, so the gates of hell will not prevail against it, meaning the church is moving to a point through the gates of hell, pulling people out of, what I like to say is pulling people out of hell and into God's salvation. And through the statement of faith, the confession of faith of God's people, God will build his church. And so I do think that um, the the play on words here with Petros and, and Petra, the rock and the pebble, God will use small pebbles to build 
uh, a, a kingdom church that will go through the gates of hell, a powerful, um, a powerful force for the kingdom of God, and it's built through Christ. Amen. 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 Let's 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 celebrate. Hey, celebrate with us right now. There you go.